This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. All right, well, it is that time again, guys. It's time to talk about the current state of WWE, and Anthony DeMarco, as always, joins me here. And we're about to dive into everything going on in WWE as this is now the WrestleMania Backlash week. And um, big developments this week. Drew is finally seemingly going to collide with Roman Reigns, albeit right now it's a six-man tag. We'll get to the one-on-one probably at SummerSlam. That's my thought. But, uh, Anthony, welcome back to the show. Let's uh, let's get going, man. Are you, you, you picked the topic. Well, I guess we could start right at the top, right, that they – you know, pull a call an audible rather for the main event of WrestleMania backlash. And now no more unification match. And we have a six man tag team match. Well, which will be the first time we see Roman and drew collide in an actual match since survivor series of 2020. And, you know, I, I think that they kind of realize that not having any star power on that pay-per-view card was probably going to hurt it. Like, I could just imagine that, like, if you're someone buying a ticket or considering buying a ticket for that for that pay-per-view and the main event is a tag team match, albeit with arguably the best tag team right now in the Usos, arguably one of the best stars of the last generation, Randy Orton, but it still is a tag team unification match. And I think WWE maybe realized, like, okay, we can't sell a pay-per-view with it branded somewhat as WrestleMania with a tag team match main event in the card. And like you said, I I do think that a lot of this has to do with them trying to get to Roman versus Drew. And I don't know if they wanted to do it or if they just felt they had to have necessity, but it seems like we're going to finally start inching towards a one-on-one match between the two of them. Yep. That's, that's exactly right. I mean, that's, definitely the path that they're headed and i think it's the path a lot of people have been waiting for and shinsuke is something that didn't happen we're just going to pretend that that didn't or at least wwe is going to just throw it in the garbage and hit you know put it in the recycle bin and click delete you know permanently delete it's gone it doesn't exist Um, which is kind of a shame given that yes we knew the outcome of the potential shinsuke and roman matchup but it would have been fun to see shinsuke in the main event and see what that led to and see how good of a match that could have happened. Uh, now, that may still happen down the line, but certainly not between now and likely SummerSlam. Um, and the one thing I'm excited about, though, is, yes, this matchup between Roman and um, uh, and Drew was predictable, and we were all waiting for it to happen, and, and it seems like this is the very beginning, and I really don't believe it's going to culminate until the very end at SummerSlam. I, I truly believe it's going to be a three-month um, um, show here, and, and it's deserving of that. This is a big-time feud. This is the feud that they've been waiting to go f- full bore with. It's not just the one-off terrible decision to substitute Randy in with Drew to have that terrible match at uh, Survivor Series two years ago that just, just to me was... Just no need for it, but they did it, and Roman ended up winning that match. That said, um, I think that the biggest case that we can make here, the biggest point that um, I can make about this particular program is that I think this is the first time in Roman's 600-plus-day 
reign that uh, that this is the one time in which his championship is actually in jeopardy. Um, now we, we look back, Kevin Owens. I don't think any of us really believed he was going to beat Kevin Owens. Cesaro, I don't think many of us truly believe that Cesaro had a real chance. Uh, Finn Balor, i.e. the Demon. Uh, I don't think that a lot of people had significant confidence in uh, that character to beat Roman Reigns. Uh, Brock Lesnar, as great as Brock Lesnar is, I think that most fans, not all, but the majority felt that Brock wasn't the right person to win, even if he is the big one of the biggest names in pro wrestling. John Cena, yeah, we knew he was back for a one-off. Like, So you go down the list, and it's like every opponent he's had, you're like, yeah, but it doesn't make sense. It's cool, but you know Roman's going to come out on top. This is finally the one time you're looking at this and saying, huh, this wouldn't be such a terrible decision to have Drew actually be the one to take the belt off Roman. If there's anybody, and you and I have said this, that could be the one to take the belt off Roman, anybody on the roster outside of Seth Rollins, this could be the guy that you're like, all right, well, this actually wouldn't be an awful decision. Do you feel the same way? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like when Drew was the WWE champion in 2020 over on Monday Night Raw and early in 2021, I really felt that he was arguably the best babyface champion since probably John Cena in in his heyday. And I think that now that you have the opportunity to go back to that and rekindle some of that magic, that... It's something that you strongly have to consider, even though that you have such a great run going on with Roman Reigns right now. And you hit the nail on the head that even though Roman's run has been so incredible, you still can't ignore the fact that he hasn't gone up against any challenger that ever really seemed serious. Like, I think the only time I ever somewhat expected him to lose was when he faced off against John Cena at SummerSlam, because I do think eventually that they'll give John Cena the record for the most world championships, especially after the recent developments with Ric Flair came to light on um, Dark Side of the Ring. I think that eventually John Cena will take that title as the most world champions of all time. And I think that I was thinking back then that maybe Cena would win it for a month and then drop it back to Roman at the following pay-per-view. But aside from that, all those guys that you just rattled off never seemed like legitimate contenders to win, to take the belt off Roman. And not, none of them would have made sense, especially Brock Lesnar. So now you have a guy like Drew who is still relatively young, all things considered. He has had an established run with the championship already, really helped guide the company through the pandemic era, especially when Roman was away up until August of 2020. And I think he's the only guy right now, aside from Seth Rollins, but even Seth Rollins at this point, after another big time loss to Cody Rhodes, I really don't think you can measure him up against Roman, at least for the time being. I think Drew is the only guy that has a hope in hell at being presented on the same level and in the same tier as Roman. And I do think you kind of need that. Like Austin had The Rock, Cena had Randy Orton, Hogan had several guys, probably most notably the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 6. Like it's good to have your one far and away superstar, but you need to have at least one other guy who has at least... I don't know, fathomable to beat him. And as we've talked about recently, I guess more so me in the last few weeks, 
is that I fear that they're pushing Roman so hard that it's going to get to a point that it's just unconceivable to see him losing to anyone. But I think Drew is that one guy that they could maybe book to feel as the one guy who could really stand up to Roman. I don't see anybody else. Like you said, I mean, Seth, like you said, and this has been one of the Achilles heels of Seth Rollins, as great as he is, and you and I and others have been advocating for him to capture the championship. He's long overdue, this and that. I think that Seth, just WWE booking has this reflex with him of putting him in great programs. He does great ring work, excellent promo work. He understands his character. He feels like he's settled in. And then he gets the big loss and the big loss and the big loss. And we would, we've gone over that many times too. So Seth Rollins, like you said, isn't really in that position. The only other person that I could possibly maybe think at some point, if Roman ends up retaining against drew through SummerSlam, the program ends, Roman's still champion. People are saying, what the hell is going on? Maybe Cody Rhodes, maybe, maybe. I know he's on a different brand, although that doesn't matter anymore these days. But, you know, uh, they could draft him, quote unquote, over to SmackDown um, when the draft happens after SummerSlam. And you could have Cody Rhodes go after the championship. He already made a mission statement saying he wants to win the belt that his dad couldn't. So Cody Rhodes maybe is another person after Drew if Drew isn't successful. Do you think that's possible? Well, it would certainly certainly stand a reason because they brought Cody Rhodes back over as kind of like a major addition, right? Which is a far cry from what he was when he left five or six years ago in 2016. And obviously Cody Rhodes <clears throat> made a name for himself over in AEW. I know it kind of ended sour over there, not talking about behind the scenes, but mostly his relationship with the fans. I don't follow AEW all too much. But he was the first guy to jump from AEW to WWE. And I do think that's a possibility. It's just, and I'm going to speak subjectively here, but I, I think Cody Rhodes is a, a touch overrated. Like, I like him, and I certainly think he was underutilized in his initial run with the company. But I don't know if I'm going to sit here and believe, like, he's going to be the guy to end Roman Reigns' streak. Like, this is not me saying that he should never get a world title run. I certainly think he's deserving as that. Like, hell, if The Miz and Jinder Mahal got a crack with the WWE Championship, Cody Rhodes certainly does. But I just don't know if Cody Rhodes is in that tier to be the guy to take it off of Roman Reigns. And it's no slight against Cody Rhodes. It's just, like, I don't think he's quite there. I, I don't think he holds a candle to Drew. Like, I really like Drew's run with the with the championship back in 2020. Yeah, they probably squeezed a little too much juice out of it. It kind of got a bit boring and tiresome at the end. But I still don't. But I think what they did with Drew that was very good is that they felt that they needed to separate him from the main event scene. Like, he was away from the main event scene for almost 10 months or eight months, rather, uh, going back to, like, july of last year like he went to up against jinder mahal at SummerSlam. he wrestled happy corbin at wrestlemania like i feel like drew has come full circle here by repaying his dues and look not to focus in on drew but like if you compare him up against cody rhodes and again no slate against cody rhodes i take drew as a contender to dethrone roman 10 out of 10 times Oh, yeah. No, if I was going to be asked today, the belt goes on Cody or Drew, I would say Drew. I mean, yeah, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a competition. But that said, I I also wouldn't be super pissed or say that makes no sense at all. If Cody was the one to do it, I'd be like, OK, 
you know, you, you could make a case. It's, it's to me a weaker case, but I think there's one there. Um, ultimately though, I mean, if I'm, if someone's going to put me on the spot and ask, I, I, and, and, and I'll ask you the same question. Does Drew, is he the one to finally end Roman's streak? And, you know, and I'm booking out through the end of their program, which I think presumably the blow off is at SummerSlam in three months. So they'll tease it. Maybe they'll have one match, two matches. Boom. Third match they get at uh, SummerSlam, the blow off. And I think Roman uh, probably retains. I I don't want to say that. I think there's a strong case for Drew to win here. But I still believe that Roman Reigns ends up winning this entire program with Drew and retaining the championship. Do you think the same thing? Or maybe you do believe Drew is actually going to be the one? Well, look, if it were up to me, if I was booking, Drew would be the one. I think that's well established by now. But do I think? No, I, I don't think that they will. I think they'll drag this out all throughout the summer here. And I think Roman will retain the championship. And I think that their goal here, and this is based off just reports and how strongly they've booked Roman and apparently him making reference to the rock at house shows. I think their eyes are to stretch this all the way to WrestleMania of next year and have Roman go up against the rock and then maybe start booking him or billing him as the greatest of all time. Like I really think that they're on a mission to solidify Roman Reigns among the greats. And I think that they obviously still have a long way to go with that. Like, I think you pointed out last week that if you drag this out until next year around this time, he's going to reach a thousand days, which will certainly put him in the record books, at least in the modern era. And I think that's what their goal is. It's too bad, especially given the fact that they have both world championships on them, or if they're considering a one world title, I'm not too sure right now. And I went into depth last week how I think there's a lot of collateral damage as to what they're doing with Roman Reigns. And I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole again. But I think that they're going to plug forward here and push this all the way until WrestleMania. It's WrestleMania 39 next year, right? Yeah. Yep. It's crazy to think about. I think they're going to push this all the way until WrestleMania 39. Probably have him beat The Rock. I, I don't see how a close to 51-year-old Rock would be the guy to take the belt off of Roman Reigns. And then after that, they'll probably f- start planning a way to take the championship off of him. But, uh, you know, I'm going to say, unfortunately, I'm going to use that ad, uh, that adjective. But I think, unfortunately, we're in for at least another 11 months or so with Roman Reigns as the world champion. That's unfathomable in today's uh, today's title reigns that we have been educated to believe like a three month to six month run is long term. And we're looking now at over two and a half years by the time Roman Reigns drops the belt, maybe after WrestleMania 39. But the thing is, even then, you know, he gets to a thousand days. Okay, great. He beats The Rock, which is really honestly sad because I, I don't want the belt, and you and I have said this, we don't want the belt honestly involved in The Rock and Roman because I think it, it foreshadows the ultimate destination or the ultimate outcome of, well, Roman retains. There's no way The Rock's going to win the belt. So you take the belt out of the equation, it, to me, it becomes much more fun. But I don't think they're going to go that road. Vince likes to throw everything in that main event. I mean, look what he did this year, throwing the both championships in, trying to tell us it's the biggest main event ever, which is the biggest joke I've ever heard for a uh, main event of WrestleMania telling us ahead of time we've gone down that road too but um, you know having the rock in the title picture to me automatically tells me well I've already booked myself out through WrestleMania 39 like it's it's crazy to think that 
uh, 11 months from now, we kind of already know that he's going to beat Drew, uh, maybe Cody Rhodes, and then, uh, yeah, The Rock's going to come back maybe around Survivor Series as he was supposed to, rumored this year, and then he'll beat The Rock at WrestleMania, and then what? Like, we've already booked ourselves out a year, and Roman Reigns is still champion. It's crazy to think that, and, and I know they're trying to make him above, uh, you know, among one of the greats. I think he's already done that. Like, I don't, honestly, I think at this point, like, just to get a number of days, is, is that really worth all of the damage that we explained last week? Is that really worth, you know, kind of foreshadowing outcomes? I think it's more fun if they just end the streak. Uh, he's already had a legendary run. I think they're in the part of his run now that's kind of a diminishing return. They've they've reached that point where, and you and I, again, we've discussed this last week, so I don't want to hash it all up, but they've... I think they have reached that saturation point. And that way, after he's the streak is done, great. Okay, wonderful. But now every match after this is much more unpredictable because we're basing all of our all of our uh, our predictions on the fact of who's worthy of this streak being broken. Like who's worthy of breaking the streak for Roman? If you take that out, the streak's no longer. He's kind of back in normal time. Like, he's back in our time zone where it's like, okay, this could make sense where, you know, pay-per-view to pay-per-view, could Roman win or not? But it's this streak that's overshadowing everything that I think is sucking the life out of a lot of outcomes for pay-per-views because it's all based on who is worthy of this streak, uh, being uh, breaking Roman's streak. That is un- that's an unfortunate thing. That's why I think they're at a diminishing returns point. And it sucks because they've taken something that if you asked me two years or not two years ago, maybe a year ago, I would say it's the best thing they have going for them. And you could still make the case they have the best thing that they have going for them. But it's also as if it's just like they're pushing Roman Reigns and by extension the bloodline and nothing else really matters. And I use Monday Night Raw as an example. Like. Right now, and I know Roman's supposed to be floating between brands, but they haven't done that. Aside from the Raw after WrestleMania, has Roman appeared on Monday Night Raw? Has Roman interacted with anyone from Monday Night Raw other than Randy Orton and Matt Riddle? Has he interacted with Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, any of these guys, Bobby Lashley? Raw has no world champion right now. And it's not even in the same way that when Brock Lesnar was an absentee champion. They just don't have a champion. They have a guy who's working a full-time schedule that just doesn't show up. And I guess maybe you could say it's the same concept as having Brock, you know, have the title and then go away and then come back. But at least that was supposed to be his character. That was supposed to be the gimmick that he didn't think that it was worth his time to show up to every Monday Night Raw. We're supposed to believe that Roman's there every week carrying the the company on his back, the head of the table, and now he's carrying both world titles, but he's never there. And, you know, when Becky Lynch was doing this three years ago, she was on Raw and on SmackDown. She had a feud going on Raw and on SmackDown. And look, like, for Monday Night Raw, the flagship show to have no world championship right now, For me personally, it's really damning. And you can make the case that they haven't had a world champion since like the Elimination Chamber, since Brock retook the championship. Because I would say 95% of the build of Brock versus Roman Reigns to WrestleMania was done on SmackDown. Now they're going with Drew versus Roman Reigns, and they're doing it on SmackDown. Yes, the Usos have come over to Monday Night Raw quite a few times, but they're not the world champion. 
I just think that there's so much collateral damage here just to book Roman Reigns as like this beast. And again, in a vacuum, do I like Roman Reigns? Do I like the bloodline? Do I like the entire storyline and gimmick? Absolutely. I would still probably say it's objectively the best thing they have going for them. But you can't just go balls deep in one storyline and in one world champion and then just say, ah, the rest will work itself out. Like for me, I don't think that Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes in a non-title feud is big enough to carry Monday Night Raw on its own. You need a world champion there. And look, uh, maybe I'm just venting here, but as much as I do like Roman Reigns and as much as I do like the bloodline, there's just a lot of other problems right now. Well, yeah, I mean, this, this is what we're seeing. The consequence of throwing all your eggs in one basket, they are forsaking everything else for the Roman Reigns story. And like you and I just said, it's not that we like dislike the Roman Reigns story. It's one of the best heel turns in the, in the entire uh, company's history. All Everything that, by the way, all of us fans knew would be awesome. Maybe not this awesome, but everything that you know Vince was fighting against for six years, we are now seeing come to fruition, which I think Vince is probably saying, damn it, they were right, which we were. But um, Roman Reigns right now, they are just throwing everything there, and they're like, yeah, well, whatever happens as a side effect, doesn't matter, this is going to be worth it. And I don't think it will be because of all. There is. I mean, you talked about last week and you just did a little bit now about all the the, the, the collateral damage and and uh, that, that's happening that they think is going to be okay or repair itself or whatever um, but all right well one more thing i want to ask you about uh, before we close things out in the next few minutes aj styles and edge and edge's new faction of judgment day first of all do you like the name and do you like where this is going with edge Absolutely. I, I think that Edge being able to reinvent himself as many times as he has is just a testament to how good of a wrestler he is. And not even just a wrestler, just I don't know what else to use, but just as good as a performer he is or an actor he is. I don't know what it is, but he is just absolutely brilliant at knowing his character. And I said this on my retro show when I documented kind of like his rise to the main event in 2004 and 05, that I think he's the only guy to have like five different notable, notable theme songs and all of them be cool. And this one too is very cool. And once again, you just see edge kind of pull a complete 180 on what he was and he's knocked it out of the park here. And I'm not going to lie, we have been, you know, two, two, two and a half years down the road of Edge's return as just, you know, a normal baby face. And I was trying to get a, a bit sick of it. I thought that he should have lost at WrestleMania, but him as a heel, I think it did work. And I think that him taking on Damian Priest was absolutely brilliant because Damian Priest in particular, ever since he came up to the main roster, I want to say it was like early 2021. I knew the guy had talent, but there was just something missing with him that I couldn't put my finger on it. Like, there was just that missing element of him as to why I should care as to what he's doing. And now they found it. And now I really like Damian Priest. Not to say I never liked him, but I just didn't really care about him. They've made me care about him. And I think that Edge 
like coming out with this new type of character and Judgment Day, it's perfect for the type of message he's trying to send. Uh, I just love it completely. I do hope that AJ Styles gets a victory here because I eventually, because I do think AJ's kind of trending into Seth Rollins territory. And I still do think that AJ Styles is a guy that has some tread left on the tire in terms of being a main event player for a world title. But all in all, I'm really liking this program. Yeah, this is... I've heard complaints from people and other podcasts that, hey, uh, this is such a, it's such a, just a stark change. It's like a 90 degree turn for Edge. I'm like, okay, well, that, why is that necessarily a bad thing? I mean, Edge is so talented. He makes it work. It's not like they're just doing something that something that a talent can't handle and explain on air and do it convincingly. Edge is a talent that can do that going from that baby face that we've known forever and making him this dark, almost Undertaker-like character, which is also hilarious that he addressed those criticisms on Raw last week, talking about the lighting that's being used, like he's the Undertaker. I, I love him bringing that to the forefront and saying, uh, you know, you're such a, it's such a change from who you were. Like taking those things that he clearly hears from the internet and bringing them to the forefront and then explaining them away, it, it, it's it's great. He's helping build new stars. Uh, now, Damian Priest. I know is not a young guy, but he's still in the eyes of fans, WWE fans, the main, um, the mainstream fans, look at him and go, huh, who's this guy? If you didn't watch him in NXT, you're like, okay, he's with Bad Bunny. What's he doing? Is he an archer? Like, what, what is this, right? Like, and now he's in a in in this group that I think is going to benefit him long term. And Edge is also in the give back stage of his career. He's on the back nine. He knows he doesn't have a bunch of time. So he is doing everything he can to just go balls to the wall and show what he can do as a heel. He brought back the reasons for it. He said those seeds, this these seeds of darkness were planted back in the Ministry of Darkness when I was in the uh, the brood. So he's bringing back things that for fans like you and I that have been watching for so long uh, that we remember and go, okay, that's plausible. Like, you know, like you were touched by darkness, you suppressed that darkness, and now it, it came back. And like it's like, okay, that makes sense. Uh, so like, and the way Edge delivers it, his facials, the lighting, that chair that he sits in like all of these things like i'm loving it he's sitting on this literal throne of judgment he's his mountain of omnipotence like he's just judging people what i mean does anybody in this world know somebody that that uh, is in your life that you're like yeah i really like that person because they, they they judge other people like no judging other people just to judge them is inherently an unlikable quality. Like he knows what he's doing. It's, it's to me genius. He's, he's turned on a dime and it's working. He's growing a, a, a Damian priest and hopefully somebody else. People have talked about Finn Balor joining. We'll see if that actually happens. I don't, I have mixed feelings about that, but do you think anybody else? I mean, or rather, who do you think is going to join? There has to be at least one other person. I would like to see a tag team. I, I'm not sure what tag team would be fitting for that, but maybe just a stale tag team. Like, I don't know if they would fit stylistically, but kind of like a tag team in the similar situation that we find maybe the Street Profits in. Like, I don't know if they would look, if they would fit right for that group just because that it would be such a 180. But I think that a tag team would do it a lot of help. Like, Finn Balor, maybe. And uh, he's certainly as stale as you can get. But even Finn Balor, like, I feel like he wouldn't exactly fit in that as well. Mostly just because I feel like he would get, he would either take the spotlight away from Damian Priest 
or he would be drowned in the spotlight. If you had two separate single stars, I always worry about that in a faction, especially two guys that theoretically should be up-and-comers, although I guess Finn Balor has kind of passed that threshold now. So I would like to see a tag team join. I've heard Rhea Ripley maybe, and that would be cool too. Certainly she could use that type of push, and I think you know, having a female in the group would go a long way. I think that they should have done that with the bloodline long ago, and we kind of talked about that as well. But I think, um, again, I'm not sure what tag team would be the right fit, but I think just having a tag team join the group kind of as heavies, kind of like what we saw with the Authors of Pain and Seth for a cup of coffee, one of the biggest missed opportunities oh, of the last few was, years. Yeah, but uh, yeah. uh, Could you believe that, that they God. pulled the plug on that so fast? I, I, and, and it was due to, like, what, injury? I mean, yeah. like they constantly were getting injured or whatever. It, to me, that was like a magical lightning in a bottle. I'm like, oh, my God, we have something here. And then it just fizzled. I'm like, oh, my. Like that. Yes. Authors of Pain and Seth. When Seth was in the back of the truck and he was in like this black mask and like it was brilliant. And then, they, yeah, it just got pulled because of, I guess, injury and maybe other stuff. Who knows? But you're right. I think a tag team would be good. And I'm thinking of other tag teams. I'm like, well, and this sounds kind of crazy. But maybe the Viking Raiders, but take them away yeah. from the Viking uh, gimmick. Like, take the stupid headgear off of them. Stop with the raid stuff. Try, stop trying to get the fans <laughs> to, to pound their chest and saying raid. It ain't happening. No one even knows what raid means. You guys don't get any promo time. They're underutilized. I know they're in NXT right now in some program, but I think bringing them into the fold and having them be the heavies, they're big, thick guys. I think the, the fans don't have a super emotional connection to them right now, so it'd be plausible that they're in this group and to me if you're going to do it i think the viking raiders you know now that you say it it would make sense and i i just you know what i feel bad for them because they do seem like real hard workers and i like their in-ring stuff and i have i kind of have a soft, a soft spot for real true tag teams but man do they suck <laughs> like when they fucking <laughs> like when they come walking out and they're, like, beating their chest the whole way down, I'm just like, but who does this? You guys are 40-year-old men. Like, stop. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's too hokey for me. Like, you're grown men walking around with, like, plastic horns on your head and, you know, like, acting like Vikings, even though Vikings haven't been a thing for 300 years, if not longer. You know, I watched the series Vikings on Netflix, and then I'm supposed to believe that these guys are Vikings. Like, it, it's I don't it, know. yeah, I, it's hilarious. As you said that about you know the pounding of the chest, they're walking out, and you're like, it's not going to happen. It made me think of it. I don't know if you've seen this movie, and I'm, I guess I'm I have no shame at this point. But uh, the the movie Mean Girls that actually came back like 2004, and she's like, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. It's kind of like yeah, fetch ain't going to happen. Like raid isn't you know going to happen. I don't know why I thought about that, but those of you. That watch Mean Girls. It's like my guilty pleasure. I don't know why I like that movie so damn much. It's, it's... Oh, dude, don't feel guilty. It's a fantastic film. It's Absolutely so good. Okay. All right, good. I have somebody else on my side. I know it's like 18 years old or whatever it is, but it's so. I think a lot of us can relate to that movie in some way. Maybe not to that extreme, but in high school drama, and there's always that group of girls that sticks together. There's a lot of truth in that movie. I think that's why I like it. Oh, yeah, complete truth. Like, I I remember, like, watching that movie, that group of girls, and I don't know when it came out. I want to say it was, like, 2006. And, you know, I started high school in 2006. So, for me, it was quite fitting. Like, I kind of grew up in that era. And 
I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, that's this girl from my grade. Oh, yeah, Lindsay Lohan's playing this girl. Oh, Gretchen's playing this girl. Oh, yep. Regina, oh, Regina's definitely this girl. Like, I remember it so vividly and, like, not to go down a mean girl's rabbit hole, but anyone who says they don't like that movie's lying. Like, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, maybe, maybe just I, I, I'm, I just you and I have no shame. I don't know what it is, um, but there are certain chick flicks. Not all, certainly not all. But there are certain chick flicks I love, and um, another one I was talking about today. It's not really a chick flick, but it's called Not Another Teen Movie. It was just a parody of other teen movies, and they wrapped it all into one. But to me, Not Another Teen Movie still makes me laugh out loud. Um, it uh, because it, it plays on like she's all that with uh, Freddie Prince Jr. It makes fun of that movie. So that's another one, but anyway, all right, let's uh, let's wrap things up here. And um, so, you know, we talked about Edge, we talked about um, uh, AJ Styles, and you know, the fact that Judgment Day I think is going to be a successful group. And it also, I think, to to put a bow on this, and then I'll toss it to you, is that it Edge right now is since he hasn't really been consistent on TV because he can only cut so many promos without having matches, and he's older and he wants to save his body for when. You know, the match is right. He takes bumps when it makes sense. He's able to be on TV more because he has guys that can do the work for him at the same time building new stars, at the same time showing his range as a heel character. And he can be on TV every week if he wants because he can be the guy that runs his mouth while his team of goonies are the ones that actually do the dirty work. So it's kind of like a it's an ingenious move by creative, by Edge, Adam Copeland, by really everybody involved. So those are my thoughts about I'm I'm really high on Judgment Day. It's just nice to see Edge being able to do something different. Like he's turned heel, but in a different way. Like, we knew him as a heel as the rated R superstar, but now it's like, I don't even know what the nickname is, like the leader of Judgment Day. And, like, it's crazy to think how many different gimmicks Edge has kind of had now, going from the Edge and Christian gimmick to the original Brood kind of gimmick, then his single stars gimmick when he was using the Rob Zombie theme song. I don't know if you remember that. And then he turns into the ultimate opportunist and over on Monday Night Raw and then the rated R superstar. And now the Judgment Day, it, it's just it's a real testament to just how great of a performer he is. We know how great of a wrestler he is in the ring, but the way that he's able to just make you believe how believable any, for lack of better words, how believable any character he turns into is, is just it's absolutely brilliant. I, yeah, it is, and and I can't wait to see who they bring into the fold next. This a group, I think it's a group that's going to last the test of time, meaning probably at least through the end of this year. It shows more uh, range again with Edge and seeing the new stars come up. I hope it is somebody. If it's Rhea Ripley, I think she'd be perfect. I, you just have to wonder about that male on female, but men can't strike women. It gets really weird. I don't know how they're going to work on that given it's PG. But uh, Damian Priest is great. If they bring in Finn Balor, great. You know, I, I'm not really sure who else they would do at this point, but uh, even if they bring in those two. I I think it's while they're not new stars per se, they're not, you know, they're, they're not brand new that you've never seen. I think both of them need a shot in the arm, and this would certainly help both of their careers in a big way to be associated with Edge and uh, with Edge as one of the best promos that, that wrestling has to offer across all promotions. I think it, it can't it, it's a win win. So um, anyway, Anthony. Thank you for coming on tonight. Again, guys, if you want to check out the rise of Edge's uh, career, and uh, that that was a complete dedication to Edge, you can check out the retro show that was dropped on Friday that uh, Anthony hosted. And, 
Yeah, so, of course, where can they follow you? As always, you can get me on Twitter at AdamMarkatine5 or each and every week here on the WWE Podcast each and every Friday, typically. Sometimes a bit earlier, sometimes a day late, but typically every Friday uh, where we go back in time for WWE Retro. Love it, love it. And I think, guys, if you take nothing away from this show tonight, the biggest message we can say to you is go watch Mean Girls, okay? Like that, that I- is, That's the overarching theme. Go watch Mean Girls, um, and I uh, bet you didn't expect me to say that at the end of the show, everybody, right? So, all right, uh, thanks, buddy, and we will be talking next week. Talk soon, man. All right, good night. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show, or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.